We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. You have Alex Hurst, Charlotte Robson, and Simon Campbell to talk to you on this show about the fantastic news. News not yet confirmed, but he has been seen at Newcastle Airport. And why would Kieran Trippier be at Newcastle Airport if it was not to sign for Newcastle United? I don't know. So let's assume all will be well. And we're going to celebrate Charlotte and Simon and I, the signing, the first signing of the new ownership of the new era at Newcastle United of Kieran Trippier for reported £12 million plus add-ons. Charlotte, I'm going to start with you. How excited are you by this signing? I'm so excited. I'm so excited that we've made a signing, that we've made a signing. It's not even, no, we haven't even hit a week of January yet. Like that's, that is already to me so massive, like even if it was anyone. And then on top of that, it's Kieran Trippier, who's um, an England international, was an England international. Um, it's it's a position we really need somebody in, not just somebody, not just anybody, but somebody good. And he is incredible. So what it, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm just excited that they are coming good on what our new owners are coming good on what they said, which was we will, you know, we are we are already putting things in place. We are going to make, make some signings this window. That was a funny bit of echo there, Charlotte. I don't know yeah, if that I, come I through on the pod. The echo. I, I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> that I pressed the echo on my microphone. I'm really sorry, listeners. It's I all right. It needed to be said multiple times back and forth across the, across the airwaves. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's unbelievable, isn't it? I'm, yeah, well, by saying this, I'm assuming he's signing uh, some sort of medical drama. Could could still happen, I suppose, but I really, really hope not. Um, it just, I still can't quite come to terms with it. We're signing like the 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 best fullback in the world, one of the best fullbacks in the world. And that's not just me dressing this up and romanticizing it because it's the new owner's first signing. He's legitimately one of the best fullbacks in the world. He's he's a world-class player who still plays in the Champions League and who the team he's leaving don't want him to leave. It's just Diego Simone seems quite switched on. The idea that if a player wants to go, then there's not much point in fighting it. Um, yeah, the weird thing is, you're right. We, we're kind of buying him to play right back or left back because we don't have any decent fullbacks really. I'm not, not doing a disservice to Mankio. He does a good job, but Trippier is a totally... Go on. Or Lewis. Or Lewis, yeah, but Trippier is a different level to these players and a different level that, that, that it will ever be playing at. Um, I would compare... I'm, I was, I'm trying to think of a, a similar signing for Newcastle in the last like 20 years, and the only one that comes close in terms of how good he is for the position he plays is maybe Johan Kabay. Like, 
he was such a good centre midfielder and one of the best we could get at the time and improved the squad so much that that's how I see this signing. Um, especially in terms of value for money as well, we got Kabai for what, like four million. So if the if the fee for Trippier really is twelve million, that's it's that kind of bargain that we're talking here for a player who anyone who could get into any Premier League side literally. And the bonus is that he can play in loads of positions. He can play in the wing, he can play in defensive midfield if needed. But we actually need him to play in his natural position, which is fullback, which is nice. I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because we've had quite a few record-breaking transfers over the last few years in terms of um, Miggy and then Joe Linton. And they were all kind of billed as, this is a change to the kind of transfer policy of Newcastle. Yes, this is, this is a, a new dawn. And they weren't really. I mean, Joe Linton it has had his own new dawn since, but this is legitimately the first proper transfer that Newcastle have made in about 15 years, and it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, I totally agree with everything both of you said. And what it does is, like you kind of alluded to, Charlotte, um, it's myth-busting already, isn't it? So, you know, from the outside looking in, and I've read some articles this week, read an article from Simon Bird saying it's the longest honeymoon period ever for, for, for new owners because we're still only won one game. But you know what have new owners had, or what have we as fans had to be told that new owners can't do? Okay, well they won't be able to attract high-level signings because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to sign a player. Busted. They aren't organised. They're chaotic. They're playing football manager. They don't really know how to how to approach these transfer dealings. Like you said, Charlotte, it's the fifth of January. He's probably going to be announced on the sixth. That myth's being busted. Players don't want to come. They just don't want to come to Newcastle. Too too much drama. They're getting relegated. Eddie Howe, who's Eddie Howe? Players don't want to come. Busted. It's like knocking down all of these little dominoes that have been placed in front of us to say everything is going to be terrible when, in fact, everything's absolutely class. (laughs) Right now, if we lose to Watford, then they might be right, but we'll beat Watford. And it's just, yeah, it's, you know, much still has to happen for this season to be a success and for Nunes to be a success. But God, they're making a good fist of it, like less than what we can into January, like you said, Charlotte. And that's just like, that's just so, um, so encouraging. It just feels like they just, it just, it's just a, it's a transfer that just breeds more possibility. And I think again, keep saying you touched on it, Charlotte. You did like it's that feeling of excitement and like what happens next. Like this is mint. What's next? And that's that's what we've been hearing as well. That's what you're hearing in the media. And like you said, Sai. Like it's it's not hyperbolic. I feel to say this is one of the best left backs in the world, right backs in the world, even both, um, because he plays for the champions of Spain. He um, is an England international, and a very good England team. He um, has played in the Champions League final, and he was first choice in that position for the very good club he has just come from, who are much much better than us. So yeah, it's it's kind of an off the scale one, and again for a right back, normally. You know, normally they don't set pulses racing. Um, no disrespect to Emil Kraft and his five million pound signing in twenty nineteen. Um, it, it is. Uh, it, I'm so I'm so happy. I'm so positive. We have to win games of football. We all know that. I don't think anyone is kidding themselves about that. Um, but but I'm over the moon with this one, Sai. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, is he, he's, he's for me, he's the England's best best fullback. I know everyone will say Alexander Arnold, but he's not really a fullback. He's basically a winger. Uh, and when he's playing against bad teams, that's fine. But Trippi has a really good defender as well. He's he's got set pieces. He's got the full package, and he seems to be you know he's he's getting into the the peak time of his career now. He's got a kind of three or four good years left in him. It's just it's just like the t- absolute antithesis of of what we used to do for transfers. And it, you know, the other thing that um, on the subject of kind of myths is that 
we and to be fair, I, I was guilty of being worried about this too. Is that everyone's been saying, "Oh, the only kind of players Newcastle are going to be able to buy are going to be mercenaries. They're going to be players looking for the one last payday." And yeah, he's going to get paid a lot, but this isn't a this isn't like Saul Campbell on a free. This isn't Michael Owen. This is a player at the absolute peak of his of his game right now, who who could and should potentially be moving to to big clubs, um, bigger than Newcastle. But it's just kind of fallen into place, hasn't it? We're 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 post pandemic. We've got a lot of these European Super League wannabe clubs in financial difficulty, you can't just go and pluck uh, Kieran Trippier from Atletico Madrid, but we can, can't we? <laughs> yeah, and I think as well we have, um, you know, financial fair play and all of that stuff at play where we we are in a very fortunate position to be able to go out. But, I mean, even on top of that, as you've said there, Alex, 12 million, like add-ons, of course, but that is an unbelievable bargain. I know much is said of Joe Linton's price tag, um, and how it's finally kind of come good. Like he's the finest box to box midfielder on the planet now, but <laughs> it took a while. Um, and he's not. Um, but he, you know, so much has been said about that. This isn't it is an unbelievable deal. It's just like um it it, it, it it I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It's myth busting as well, isn't it, Alex? It's not, we're not gonna pay over the odds. We're not gonna we're gonna we're gonna negotiate, we're gonna make good deals, we're going to be smart with this and strengthen our team in a way that has longevity. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think also um you can understand from Trippier's point of view wanting to leave um, the Champions League to play with a player like Joe Linton, the pull of that well, teammate <laughs> must have been incredible. But even, you know, to extend on that a little bit, um, just just again to, to say it out loud, because sometimes you have to say these things out loud to really believe them. A player is leaving the champions of Spain who are in the last 16 of the Champions League to come and help us in our fight to avoid relegation to England's championship. It doesn't seem quite real that, like, he he really must believe in the project. He must believe in the owners. He obviously believes in Eddie Howe. He must believe in his teammates that we can do this. And yeah, there'll be relegation release clauses a la Andros uh, as he broke our hearts in 2016 when he left. Um, but ultimately, the fact that he believes in this, again, like you say, Charlotte and Side Smith busting, because it was it was gonna, you know, this it wasn't supposed to be this easy. It wasn't supposed to happen this way. And the transfer window is far from complete. You know, we need more defenders. We need a striker, possibly. There is still much to be done, but it's just a fantastic start, and it's 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 really hit the ground running for for new owners. I'm 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 pleased for them. I'm pleased for us. I'm pleased for Eddie Howe because again, he's come to Newcastle United. He apparently it would seem wasn't first choice, but he ha- you know he clearly has the complete backing of the owners to go out and bring a 31 year old in again. Like it's not just the, the the timing of the signing where there's doing business so early. It's the fact that we've signed a 31 year old player on you know on what I imagine will be at least a three year contract, if not longer, three and a half years on on big wages. It's kind of a it's a real statement that things have changed. This isn't we haven't just bought this player to make money from him in the future. We've bought this player to be good at football for us, and that's and that's it. That's the end game, and that's what you've wanted for so long as a supporter, not to have to worry about where he'll go in the future, how much money we could make, or how that money would be inve- reinvested. The, this this bloke from Burnley has been brought in, or maybe he's from Manchester, one of the two, has been brought in um, to be really good at football for Newcastle. The, the, there's nothing more to say to it than that. And, and I'm sure he has ambitions beyond fighting relegation every season like we seem to do, or stinking out the bottom of the Premier League. Um, it's, it's almost like we are going to start building a football team 
full of uh, quality players, as Charlotte correctly reminds me. He was born in Bury, kind of in between the two. Um, but yeah, really, really pleased about this one. Um, you know, I don't know. I've, I've spoken a lot here. Sign Charlotte. I don't know if I'm cutting you off. He's want to say anything else about this. Um, but if not, uh, we're going to go straight on to um, Norman Riley for you, who has had a conversation for the podcast with um, Ronnie Dunn uh, about the Trippier signing. Um, Robbie is a Madrid-based sports journalist with the daily uh, sports newspaper AS in Madrid and, uh, and also a podcaster with Into the Calderon podcast. So um, there are a couple of adverts coming up, of course. If you don't want to listen to the adverts, you should join us on Patreon, £6.60 a month. All of these podcasts are free. In addition, absolutely shitloads, to be frank. Shitloads of extra Newcastle United podcasts. Can't even count them anymore. This week alone, um, we've got Sid Lowe on... Uh, Kieran Trippier, which is a sensational uh, conversation. Emil Franchi's had that conversation with Sid. You get that on our Patreon platform. Uh, and also, Charlotte, this week you had a fantastic chat with Max Rushton of the Guardian Football Weekly podcast uh, about his beloved Cambridge United, who come to town this Saturday at St. James's Park. You'll also have me, Charlotte and Simon, uh, talking about that Cambridge game and much, much more. So um, if you listen to this podcast a lot, you hear me make this play every single week. Uh, come and join us on Patreon. It would mean a lot to us and it keeps this free show going. Thanks very much for listening to us three. Thanks to Charlotte and Sai. I will leave you with Norman and the expert. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello listeners, I'm Norman Riley, and this is a Patreon exclusive podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Robbie Dunn who is going to chat with me about Kieran Trippier. Robbie's a sports journalist based in Madrid and he works for the English language version of the Spanish sports newspaper ASA which can be found on Twitter at English underscore AS. You can follow Robbie at Robbie J Dunn. Robbie's also a podcaster with the Cuero Chat podcast which covers all things Atletico de Madrid. Search for Colchonero Chat or visit the Into the Calderon website if you want to check it out. Robbie, thanks ever so much for chatting with True Faith. Pleasure to have you. Yeah, no problem at all, Norman. Uh, nice to be here. 
So, Kieran Trippier, I must say when he was first linked with Atletico and then he went there, I think it came as a, a bit of a, a ball out of the blue. Um, you, you don't often see, you know, you don't see many players going from the Premier League to Spain. A, a couple of notable examples, obviously, Gareth Bale being the, the principal one, David Beckham. But, you know, the, the, the sort of more midfield attacking type player that we've seen. Trippier as a right-back, I think it, that made it a bit more of a surprise. Um and obviously, he was the only English player, I think, signed by Simeone. Um, did, did it come as a surprise to you uh, that, that Simeone was interested in him and, and also to perhaps fans? And have you got any kind of insight on what you think Simeone's rationale was when he, when he moved from? Yeah, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you, about the rationale. But it was definitely surprising. Uh, and not just because it was Kieran Trippier, but because, just like you said, English players don't generally leave the Premier League unless they're declining massively and and um they they think it's it's their best option and 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 they don't leave the premier league not just for la liga but they don't leave for for anywhere i mean uh, players from the uk like aaron ramsey uh went to obviously play for play in Serie A. but uh, aside from that it's it's usually attacking players the kind of flair players that go to even going back as far as lineker and 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 then garrett bale obviously of course you said but uh, i i'd say the rationale was and, and I'm not entirely sure if if Simeone was thinking this at the time, but I'm sure we'll get into this later on. It was because uh, Kieran Trippier can play uh, both right back and right wing back, and Simeone has started to play more of three at the back, and Simeone or, and Trippier has pushed forward slightly on that right hand side. And um, yeah, I, I guess it was just a case of um, being being a good opportunity because he's been trying to re- replace, I don't know if your listeners will remember, Juan Fran playing a right back for Atletico. Mm-hmm. He was a legendary player, best right back that has ever played for, for Atletico and, and, and certainly under Simeone. So when Juan Fran got phased out, and uh, he was looking for that kind of player that could be both at, at attack-minded but also defensively solid. And English players coming from the Premier League are generally no-nonsense. That's the kind of... Uh, impression that there is over here of those kind of players so Trippier was that perfect blend of a player who could bomb up and down the right hand side but also had that defensive solidity that Simeone doesn't just need he requires it from his players so I I think that's probably why and then when the opportunity arose Simeone said yeah let's go for him and see if we can we can turn him into a player here for Atletico. Oh you do get the impression that Simeone likes these no-nonsense players don't you um the, just you just got me thinking actually when you mentioned Juan Fran. So I suppose Trivia came in in a time of transition at Atletico, really, because did Godin also finish around about the same time as Juan Fran? So I guess Simeone was reconstructing his defence, right? So as you say, the kind of transition from a back four to maybe a back three with wing backs. And I suppose Trivia was part of that, I guess you would call it a new, a new project, which obviously accumulated in Atletico winning the title, right? So, you know, I. We all know how good of a manager Simeone is. And, and speaking of how good he is, and you know, you look at Trippi as manager prior to Simeone was Mauricio Pochettino. I'm assuming Simeone and Pochettino are friend on unfriendly terms, given you know that they're both Argentinian nationals came through at the same time, played for Argentina at the same time. Um and they're both absolutely, in my opinion, incredible managers. Um and you know, Simeone does have this reputation for pushing these players, as did Pochettino. So, you know, do you think that Trippi was was quick to adapt to Simeone's intense style and, and what he demands um, from players, or, or did he take a while to find his feet? And you know, was as far as you're aware, the language barrier an initial issue, or, or even an issue, you know, still? Uh, 
Yeah, so so in terms of the intense style, Diego Simeone's style has kind of evolved in a way in that it's still quite intense and it still uh, requires that, that, as we said, no-nonsense uh, mentality. But it's kind of evolved into more possession-based now, so it's not as necessary. And this is one of the, the criticisms that Kieran Trippier has had throughout his career is that lapses defensive lapses and he's fine going forward but I wouldn't really trust him going back and this is what was kind of leveled at him and Simeone worked hard on the training ground with his uh, with his former assistant manager uh, Germán Burgos uh, because Burgos could speak a little bit of English so at that first one of the first training sessions uh, um, it was it was Burgos given uh, being like the intermediary well he kind of knew what Simeone wanted so it was basically Germán Burgos on Trippier's shoulder, just talking to him, telling him, this is what we want you to do, this is what we need you to do, this is where you need to go. And, and Trippier didn't, he, he, he made a massive effort to learn the language. I'm not entirely sure how that went, but um, he he had Burgos telling him what, what he want, needed and wanted him to do. And it worked absolutely perfectly well. I mean, Kieran Trippier, for a long time, was Atletico Madrid's chief creative outlet from the right-hand side there. And... Um, and he, as as far as, I mean, this is probably part of the reason why we've heard since the summer that Trippier wants to come home. He won a La Liga title with, he, he, he won a La Liga title with Atletico and he's probably looking at it going, what more is me, what more can I do here? I mean, this is the pinnacle of what I'm going to achieve here at, at Madrid. I came, I saw, I conquered to an extent and it's time to go home and finish out my career uh, in in back home uh, in in the north of England. So, um, but that's if the transfer obviously goes through. But as you were saying before, if, if this podcast is aired, that means it went through. So we can talk as if it's. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I, I think he kind of came here with the intention of giving it a crack, which is very brave. Which is a very brave thing to do because uh, coming in at at twenty nine or, or or I think it was twenty nine when he arrived to learn a new language um to play in a new league is 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 definitely massively daunting and um and and he did he definitely did adapt quickly won the league title as as a main player in Simeone's in Simeone's team and and I think um I think that he will probably go back to England which he will at some point I would imagine so he will go back to England as a as a completely with with a new outlook and and he will be able to add to whatever team he does go to so yeah, you, you I guess you, you mentioned there that he he was a vital part of of that team. I, I get the impression that he obviously embraced the the kind of Spanish Madrileño way of life, um, and, and he settled quite quickly. And you know, is is that something that you you saw? And, and in terms of the fans, did the, did the fans take to him? Um, you know, how how did they kind of perceive his I guess his arrival and his time at the club, and, and whether or not he surpassed expectations that maybe there were of him. He did surpass expectations, yeah, because I think, I suppose, Spanish, like, I've got a whole theory on why Gareth Bale didn't succeed at, at Madrid, but La Liga fans are very passionate and, and, and they're very, um, they, they, they I, I think part of the reason why they perceived Bale or Madrid fans, this is, perceived Bale as kind of a little bit arrogant and that is because he didn't try to make an effort with the language or it, that was what was said about him and he never did any interviews in Spanish and 
they didn't want him to speak fluent Spanish. They just wanted him to make an effort. And in the mm-hmm. first interview Trippier did with Sid Lowe in the in the Guardian, he was saying about how he was going to get stuck into the language and learn and learn from the from La Liga and the people. And just that little bit of humility, I think, re- really went down well with with the with, with the Atletico fans, who, who are who are kind of a, a like the. The flip side to Real Madrid, there's Real Madrid are kind of the 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 club of the hierarchy, and Atletico Madrid are kind of seen as more working class. So, so I think that really went down. That's why Simeone has been so successful with Atletico. But yeah, Trippier came in, and he was that no nonsense kind of in your face shouting and 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 hard tackling, and I, the fans definitely uh, re- responded to that, and he. And he, he in, in that sense, he definitely surpassed expectations. And this is also, it has to be remembered too, that Diego Simeone doesn't um, doesn't give chances very often. I mean, you only get one or two, maybe, if you're lucky, chances with Diego Simeone. And it is very hard to break into his circle of trust. Once you're in there, you're good to go. But getting in there is really difficult. And Kieran Trippier came in, he, he, he turned himself into, as I said, the chief creative outlet, he was, he 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 actually sent because they had um, Santiago Arias and Sima Versalco, and Kieran Trippier essentially ended both of their Atletico Madrid careers in a way. Now Sima Versalco is still there, but Trippier was was number one, and mm-hmm. he was number one, two, and three. And Versalco was seen as kind of like an option that if Trippier is out and 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 if he if he can't go. Then will will fall on Versalco, but when even seventy percent fit, Kieran Trippier was the man. That's really uh, really interesting and exciting. Obviously, as a Newcastle fan, because mm. when the signing first went through, I thought he'll struggle and he'll struggle initially. Um, at the intensity aspect of it, initially I wasn't too concerned when he went out. Let it go because I thought obviously Pochettino plays a high press. You know, there's a lot of energy involved. These teams are really fit. And I think Simeone, at that point, a couple of years ago, when Trippier signed, as you see, he was kind of going through an evolution. But the, we understood him as being a manager who demanded a lot from his players. I think I read an interview with his, possibly his assistant manager, or one of his fitness coaches, um, who you know had this reputation for really pushing players during the pre-season, pre-season training. I guess my thoughts were, how would he adapt to La Liga? And you've just basically kind of said that he adapted more or less from the off, right? There wasn't... I guess what I'm, I'm asking is, was there anything you saw initially that you thought he's struggling here, he needs to improve, and did you kind of see any improvement from him over the two years he was in Spain? Uh, well, I did in, in terms of his versatility, and not, not, and it's not so much even that I, uh, he, that changed in him, it's just that I didn't know that he, he that existed at all, Like because I hadn't really seen him. I'd seen him with Spurs, obviously, and, and that Pochettino side was excellent, and, and, and Trippier was important there. But uh, yeah, it was more just his ability to play either right wing back or right back. And then I had also heard about uh, about how he wasn't really great defensively, but there was never, absolutely never, an issue with him defensively under Simeone. And um, yeah, just just g- given the the struggles with the language and given Simeone's, um, uh, as I said, his, his I suppose how difficult it is to break into his uh, into his inner circle. Uh, he, he built up an amazing bond uh, or connection with Marcus Llorente, who was arguably the best player in La Liga last year, and and certainly the, the best Spanish, the top Spanish player. And the reason for Llorente was 
was partly because of the connection he had built up with Kieran Trippier. Now I don't know what Eddie Howe was planning on doing with with uh, this Newcastle side and what he's trying to turn it into. I presume was kind of similar to that high press possession based stuff that he played with Bournemouth and what's similar to Pochettino when he see, he's seen Trippier playing in a three five two with Simeone. He's got the defensive credentials that he's probably improved under Simeone and then uh, and then he's got that versatility so in terms of being that creative outlook but also it, it bringing um bringing central midfielders into it and improving them uh, it, he 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 was a main part of the reason why Marcos Llorente was so good last season and Marcos Llorente uh, himself went to the Euros off the back of that form, which was, again, as I said, in part down to how, how, how well he connected with Kieran Trippier down the right-hand side. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, slightly more negative, and, you know, you might not have anything from me here. W- were there any criticisms at all levelled at him um, throughout his time in Spain? Was there anything that you maybe thought or you read or you, you got from other fans of, yeah, he's been brilliant, but also there are elements of his game that are a little bit, you know, a little bit disconcerting? No, not necessarily. The only the only negatives were when he wasn't playing, when he got that betting ban and he couldn't play and and, and that left Simeone in a hole. But obviously that was kind of something that he, he couldn't control. And, and then he, he's been injured this season with a collarbone. And, but, but other than that, I mean, there was no issues with injuries. There was no issues with... Um, yeah, we had heard about these defence. We were almost waiting for them to happen because we had heard so much about them. But Kieran Trippier was absolutely excellent during his time in Spain. And I don't think there's anyone that watched the game closely would say any different. Even up to, until recent, and, and and his mentality has been great. I mean, I think he's been kind of itching for a, a move away now. And after they won the league, I think it was, there was talk about him leaving in the summer. He didn't get that move, and we've been hearing since August that he he he's he's leaving. Like, but even up until last weekend, he played and and they played against Rayo Vallecano, and Trippier was excellent. You wouldn't you there was nothing. It was just that no nonsense. Like you know, usually when a player's itching talking about a move away and, and we're, we're already into the transfer window and, and, and it's um it's the new year now and you think oh look he's kind of got one foot out the door we won't play him because he's not going to be tuned in and stuff like that Kieran Trippier played against Rio and he was arguably one of Atletico's best players and it only went to enhance the, the, the idea that he's going to be a massive loss here for Diego Simeone and I think that I, I was just thinking the only reason, like I, I saw someone tweeting earlier, like, oh, if Trippier is available, I don't think it's the case that Trippier is available. I think the fact is that Newcastle have the money to satisfy Atletico. Yeah. Trippier wants to move, wants to move back home. That will also mean he's not losing out by, by moving to a club that's uh, not going to be able to match his wages. And Atletico, so Atletico, Trippier and Newcastle are sat, and, and Eddie Howe are satisfied that, that everyone's part of the deal. It's not like Atletico are trying to offload him or get rid of him mm-hmm. or anything. If this, if this deal falls through, or if this deal were to fall through, he would be and still be a main player for Diego Simeone and he, he would be he would be brought to the Barajas airport here in the limousine and waved off and thanked for his contribution to Atletico Madrid next summer if that is the case but it's it's not that he's available I just think it's that this the situation just happens to satisfy everyone it's one of those deals that makes sense and I think that um I think that's the only reason why Atletico are even entertaining this two Thoughts occurred there as you were talking. The first one is there's clearly no malice on either side, which is great to see. Um, and 
the other one is that given that Newcastle United bearing in mind that we've been under Mike, the yoke of Mike Ashley for 14 years, to see us in a position where we're able to attract a current Atletico Madrid player who isn't on the fringes of the squad, who hasn't been ostracised, who isn't one of their reserve players, but is somebody who is actually a fundamental part of the team, playing for a brilliant team under a brilliant manager and a brilliant league, yet we are now in a position where we can actually put money into saying this player is it, it I kind of it's it's reflective of the the new ambition at Newcastle and it's gonna take it's gonna take a bit of getting used to mate. I think I think initially I thought Trippier Tri- mustn't be in Simeone's plans anymore because there's no way we could sign him if he is but there you go and that kind of I suppose that just shows you where Newcastle United are maybe heading as a football club. Um so do you think he's you know actually a couple of things a couple of things to finish off with has he been someone who you you've seen be you know popular uh, in general with with fans and with his his fellow players, and are there any standout moments you recall from his time at the club? Well, I think the fact that um, Atletico Madrid are obviously the second team here in 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 Madrid, and and under Behind Diego Simeone, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then another couple of kind of uh, second rate teams here too, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, no, uh, the um, no, well, I think I think like I mean there has been criticisms laid at the at the feet of of Diego Simeone in that in that they're not going all that well this season, but. And and Diego Simeone has been here for ten years. He has complete and utter control over the over this direction of the team and the squad and and his players. And 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 there's been criticism in that he hasn't been able to evolve the way that they probably should have been able to. But at the same time, he keeps a very close uh, kind of. There's never much dissent. There's never much to talk about when it comes to Atletico Madrid and players wanting out and players falling out and fighting and all that kind of stuff. So in, in a way. Trippier has just come in and almost become a part of the fabric. And Diego Simeone said, like when when Griezmann when Griezmann when Griezmann was kind of itching for a move away, and there was talk about this documentary and stuff like that. And Simeone said, "Listen, I was I was always told he's kind of got that Italian. Um, he was brought up by an Italian grandparent, so he's got this thing where when you're in my family, you're in my family until the death." He said. In, at a press conference, it was kind of emotional, like, and he's not the kind of guy who would get all that emotional in press conference. But he said that about Griezmann, and it's the same for all of his players. And on, with Trippier, I'm sure Trippier has been told, and Trippier has seen the kind of way things are run at Atletico. That look, you're here until you're here, until you're not here, basically. And Trippier, we've heard talk that he wants to leave, but it hasn't been from from uh, from him directly, and 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 it's all been very. Um, yeah, it's actually. Do you know what? It's actually now thinking about it. It's kind of strange that it's been so low key, and and it's it, and 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 again, like you just said, Norman, it's not a case where uh, he's not in Simeone's plans or he's itching for a move away and Atletico or kind of scrambling here. It's all very amicable, and he is he is in a way leaving Atletico in a hole because. Atletico have Simi Versalco, who hasn't really gotten a look in because Trippier has been the man, or else he's probably going to have to drop Marcos Llorente back there. And 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 I think in the absence of Trippier, will only actually really, and it has been the case when he was he was absent with the betting um, suspension and that. It's only in the absence of Trippier that we see just how fundamental he is because when he's not there, Versalco doesn't offer what Trippier offers. Llorente isn't the right back he doesn't offer what what he offers and and he has in a way it's one of those cases where it's so uh it's kind of signed sealed and delivered once Trippier's starting a right back and right wing back you almost don't have to worry about anything 
and mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't there's no controversy there's no debate or anything and it's boring but Diego Simeone would, likes that he likes the fact that that's boring and he's going to be my right back and that's it I don't want to hear anything more about it whereas now he kind of leaves a hole and we'll see it'll only be in the absence of Trippier that we just see how fundamentally was and how consistently good he was for Atletico uh, since since he joined the club spot on mate that's absolutely brilliant really appreciate you giving me your time Robbie um, fantastic chat and Let's hope that this podcast is. I hope somebody is listening to me saying this at some point in the future because if it is, we've seen Kieran Trippier and that to me would be an absolutely fantastic piece of business for Newcastle United. So cheers, Robbie, and all the best to you, mate. No worries, Armand. Thanks for having me on.